Hey families, your sister Jocelyn here, and welcome to another episode of Faith on the Journey. If this is your first time tuning in, we welcome you. We are so glad that you are here and want you to know that we're committed to helping you strengthen your faith, heal your heart, and discover a sense of community. And we do so through a variety of ways, by connecting you with a team of Christian counselors who provide support when you're in your darkest and difficult moments of your life. We also offer trauma healing groups, and we help churches to start trauma healing ministries across the country. You can learn about these resources and so much more by visiting our website at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that is faithonthejourney.org. So I'm excited to welcome to the show a fellow counselor, Johnny Sanders, who is a licensed professional counselor in Oklahoma and Texas. He started his company, Truth and Grace Counseling, which does Christ-centered work, helping people to draw closer to God and heal their hearts. And he also is the host of Faithfully Engaged Podcast. And we're so excited to have him on the show today. Thank you for being here, Johnny. It's great to be here today. Yes, yes, yes. So first, I would love for you just to share a little bit about yourself and what eventually led you to go into the counseling field. Absolutely. So when I started college, I was like a lot of college students. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I, I just kind of went in there and took some classes and eventually took a psychology class and really enjoyed it. And that coupled with my kind of friendship group where I tended to be the one that, uh, let, let's say one person over here is, is having an argument with this person over there. Johnny was kind of there in the middle and, and kind of helped negotiate some of those things. So I had some of those natural uh, compassionate and listening abilities. And that combined with my enjoyment of some of those psychology classes, one thing led to the, to the other. And I just kept taking more psychology and counseling classes. And that led me into becoming a counselor. Very cool. Yes. And so you started being a counselor, uh, working in the field. And at some point, you made a decision that you wanted to transition from solely a traditional secular type approach to therapy to being all open in your faith as a Christian counselor. And I would love for you to share with us uh, what led you to make that transition. Uh, and then we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. So my Christian faith has been important to me a good chunk of my life. I professed uh, Christ as my Savior, um, became baptized, and have had full faith in Jesus being my, my Savior since I was six years old. And that has been a huge part of my life. And even though when I started as a counselor, being more in the typical secular type of role, my Christianity always informed my my counseling. I just wasn't as explicit with it. And, and some of this is due to the nature of counseling. We have, uh, like, like in my training, I was trained to kind of be a blank slate that essentially my beliefs aren't on the table here. It's on, on the client's beliefs on the table. And there's an extent of that that I still agree with. Like, I don't want to, you know, just push all of my beliefs on the client. However, the longer I've been in this field, being a blank slate just doesn't seem to really be fully compatible with me and my Christian faith. There's times I want to be more explicit, especially with clients that have that Christian faith. We have a lot in common. And I have actually found keeping that away to be a bit of a detriment to some of my Christian leaning uh, clients. So through that and through some other kind of hot button issues, I just decided, well, why not be open about it? And, and then I started my, my truth and grace counseling business. 
Yeah, yeah, I love that. And I agree with you. I think that when I've talked to other friends who are in the counseling field, they say that sometimes they feel like they're just kind of holding back certain things that would be instrumental in their 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 healing process when they're not letting them know about God, not turning to scripture. And so for you, um, kind of dive in more into what you were sharing in terms of how you felt like I really do need to be able to speak openly about my faith and how it actually has helped uh, with certain clients that you now use this approach. Yeah, no, great question. Uh, Some of it goes into something real practical. Uh, I've had clients like, hey, what's I'm dealing with this issue. Do you have a, a part of scripture that might speak more into this? I've had others that I, I deal with prayer a lot. There's a lot of kind of psychological beliefs that I think go in conjunction with prayer perfectly. In counseling, you have something called CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy, which is really looking at making your thoughts more rational and, and healthy. And what better way to do that than through prayer? And I have had Christian clients that have really gleaned on that. And especially during the hard, rough times, we, sometimes we'll go through the book of Psalms and just, you read some Psalms, uh, they're crying out to God, but sometimes even explicitly of God, why have you abandoned me? Um, it, like they don't, they don't hold punches in the Psalms. So we can look through that and use that as a guide for their, for their prayer life. We might even look even more basic than that of you're feeling depressed and there can be a lot of reasons for that. But you say you're a Christian and 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 you're not reading scripture. You're not going to church. You're not praying. I'm not saying that's 100% the reason why you're feeling that way, but let's engage in that. Let's be explicit. Let's develop a treatment plan over being in the word more often. And those that are looking for that really see a lot of growth, not just in their mental status, but their spiritual status as well. I can imagine. I love that, Johnny. And I would love for you to share with our audience, as you walk individuals through this process, who's seeking healing, what does healing look like to you? Yeah, uh, that's a great question, too. And it's going to vary a little bit depending on the individual. I often say this, not even just in my, my Christian counseling practice, but other experiences, that when we're looking at grief, we're looking at healing going through trauma, whatever it may be. At the end of it, we're really trying to do two things. We're trying to process through all the emotions that we need to process through. That's the good, the bad, the ugly, everything. And then two, we need to have a healthy view towards that. So some kind of critics of Christian counseling might just say, oh, you're just going to tell somebody that's abused just to pray and get over it. And and I reject that pretty heavily. I, I don't think scripturally that's what, what we do. Again, going back to the Psalms, it's not just one prayer and, and you get over it. There's a lot of pain, a, a lot of grief that goes through that. So we don't want to look at the past just to torture ourselves and think how terrible things were. But God made us to have emotions, to express these emotions. So we want to do that. But then again, don't just stay there. Like, how can we view that past situation? We don't have to view it as a good thing. Of course, it wasn't good that I was abused or whatever bad thing that happened. But if I view it as, well, that happened to me because I'm this terrible person, it's just going to happen to me again. Well, that's probably not going to end very well for us. So again, we want to inject biblical wisdom and prayer into that process. 
And when you say biblical wisdom and prayer, I also hear you saying identifying certain lies, definitely lies that we believe, whether they were planted by someone else, whether it's lies that Satan has planted. Can you speak about the process? And this is kind of the cognitive behavioral therapy approach too, mixed with that, that you take people through in identifying certain lies that they believed for too long. Yeah, that is that is huge. That's again where I see the biblical wisdom and CBT just goes so well together. So the first part is you have to bring it out. This is what we see with lies. We can take this back to the Garden of Eden with, with the serpent. He didn't just flat out say, go eat that fruit. He said, did God really say that you would die? You know, he's, he's injecting those kind of half truths, half lies in there. And that is just so important to recognize. And I think with that lie, understanding that that's how Satan works and it's, he's tricky. He's the father of lies. And so for us, so many of us have had our joy stolen and have perpetuated that lie because we believed it to be true. And so what process, what are some practical tools that you arm your clients with things that they can even practice outside of your sessions with them to help them to uncover lies, to reject the lies and stand in truth? Yeah. And again, we're going to go back to some of those basic disciplines. If I view scripture as truth, how am I supposed to guard against that if I'm not living in truth, if I'm not injecting that truth into my daily practice? So as much as I reject that kind of claim of, oh, you're just going to tell them, read the Bible and, and pray it all away. That's not all it is, but it's a part of it. Like we, we have to have that discipline in there and, and injecting that wisdom into our daily lives. And then from there, just continue to be more explicit. Maybe you can journal. There's some prayer journals out there that you can have spots. I mean, just Google prayer, prayer journal. You'll have all sorts of hits that you can put your specific prayers you're dealing with. You can put what scripture I'm reading. How does that deal with what I just said? Does scripture really believe that I'm worthless? It doesn't. And you're not worthless just because of what good you've done. You're not worthless because God created you. Again, just being explicit with dealing with this is how I'm thinking. Don't run away from that. Don't feel shameful or, or that you're just this horrible person. Be explicit. Put it out on paper or talk to your counselor or, or your spouse or whoever, your pastor. And then let's levy that against Scripture. If we don't know and we have a little bit of trouble, is this truthful or a lie? The tie goes to Scripture at 100% of the time. Yes, absolutely. Always tested against that. And I think that one of the things that you mentioned that we don't focus on enough in our work, and I can't speak for you, let me not say you don't, but I think sometimes the church at large does not elevate the fact that people were very raw about their emotions, about difficult emotions that sometimes we might believe that we sh shouldn't feel like anger. You know, that's a real emotion. And people, when they're lamenting in scripture, when they're crying out to God, they were raw as you mentioned earlier. And so I think one of the things that is very important in uh, the process of healing is being able to name our emotions and express them and not feel bad about them because they're, they need to come out. And so what other works or words of advice that is that you offer your clients around understanding their emotions and processing them in a healthy way? A, a lot of what you just said there that 
God made us to have emotions. He didn't make us as robots. He, he didn't make it to where if you had a past trauma that you just get over it, act like it didn't happen. No, that, that's not the way we we're made. He gave us these emotions for a reason. Now, we don't want to go the other way and just believe my emotions for every little thing. Um, sometimes our emotions could be off base there, but we do need to express them and bring them out again either through talking with a best friend, with a spouse, to a pastor, journaling, praying, whatever means that's necessary. If you have these emotions that are digging inside of you that you've not dealt with, bring them out into the world and trust, have faith that God can handle it. Because in a sense, we think that we're being selfish. If I actually say I have a problem, but the opposite's actually true. We're, we're kind of telling God that he can't handle this anger, this wh whatever that we're having. That's not true. So don't be afraid to express and show those emotions. 100%. Yes. There are certain moments in life that wreck us. Whether it's the unexpected loss of a loved one, divorce, betrayal, or abuse at the hands of someone who was supposed to protect us. Trauma can completely shatter our world. Now, many of us have heard that time heals all wounds, but time without the proper care for our emotional wounds will leave us feeling stuck at the source of our pain. We might be able to hide our pain from others, but deep down inside, we know it's still there. If you are tired of running from your past, I encourage you to take one courageous step and schedule a free informational session with a member of our counseling team. Our Christian counselors can provide a safe, supportive environment to process and heal your pain. They understand how difficult the healing journey can be and will walk alongside of you the entire way. Stop running from your past. It's time to heal. Visit faithonthejourney.org for more information on how you can get started today. Can you talk about any roadblocks or barriers that you find is common for people as it relates to them being able to move forward from traumatic events or any experiences that were very difficult? Yeah, the, the two main things come to come to mind. One, it's just it's painful. It's not fun to think of hard stuff that you went through, particularly childhood things. You just had such little control over it. So it's painful. So that's why I don't deal with it. And it's actually quite an effective coping skill. I, I say effective, not healthy. That's why so many people will abuse drugs or alcohol so they don't have to feel things. So that's one huge roadblock is, and I don't sugarcoat this for clients, that it does hurt to talk about these past things, but it's much more of a short-term hurt for a longer-term gain. And then the second major pitfall I see for a lot of people is I, I might make somebody angry. Um, I always have a smile on my face. I always need to be happy. Kind of those typical Smile on my face, go to church, there's no problems. That could be a roadblock because you have to be raw, like you mentioned earlier. And that that's something that can definitely get in, 
get in the way for people. When you said that last comment, Johnny, it made me think about uh, one of my focus areas is how we have been trained on the art of wearing a mask to hide our pain, to pretend that we're okay, always have the happy face, always have that too blessed to be stressed t-shirt on. And after some time, it's like, okay, wait, are we really dealing with the reality of what's going on underneath this mask? And so you mentioned that as a roadblock. Uh, can you elaborate on how detrimental that can be for someone if they continue to hide their pain yeah well we're going back to you know talking about the father of lies and everything that we're living a lie if i have that mask and say i'm fine but i'm not again that is a lie and we don't always view that as a lie because we think of a real explicit i i'm telling you the exact opposite of reality um and, and being malicious as more of a lie but we're essentially we're being malicious towards ourselves by not actually dealing with what's going on. And again, I, I intentionally use some of this inflammatory language of we're, we're kind of being selfish by not allowing other people in to help us. And that's not healthy. It's not biblical. And not only are we going to suffer, the relationships around us are going to suffer because if I'm not healthy, none of my relationships are as healthy as they could be. I completely agree. Yeah. And you know, I, I read a quote once and they talked about how carrying our lies or keeping secrets or not being authentic, it's, it's tiring. You, you, you're tired and it hurts after a while for just having to pretend. And no one really gets to know you. It, it guards off intimacy with people who care about you and want to be there to support you. And so at some point, we have to stop pretending and we have to get the help that we need. And for someone who's listening right now, who is like, well, you know, I always kind of been suspicious about talking to a counselor, I, just letting someone in like that. What would you say to someone who is on the fence about seeking support? Yeah, that's it's extremely common. So that's what I would say from the first first part. Um, I don't have an official statistic on this, just kind of my own observation. But typically, the majority of people I see tell me it's their first time. So one, it's it's common. I want to to kind of normalize your fears that hey, it's it's kind of scary. It is. You don't know me, and and you're bearing your soul to me. So I want to normalize a little bit of that fear, that concern. But the second part is we need to really evaluate myself. Is it worth it me being vulnerable with somebody I don't know because my relationships are suffering, or I'm just carrying this baggage for years and years? Odds are it probably is. It's probably worth it to be vulnerable there. So seek that out and then ask questions. Call that counselor and say like, hey, this is what's going on. What are your beliefs? Can you help me? Don't be afraid to ask questions because if there's somebody that's really going to help you, they're going to be likely to answer that, answer any questions you have, and, and they truly just want you to get help. Absolutely. And the good news is people don't have to look far because Faith on the Journey offers Christian counseling. So you could just go on our website. <laughs> it could reach out to a member of our team. But yes, no, I think that's great. And you're right. You give perspective about it being a first step for people. And so, but making that first step is huge because I believe that everyone can benefit from having a safe space to talk about what's going on in your life without judgment, knowing that this person will serve as 
someone who is a container to your emotions, it won't go anywhere. They they have to keep it between you and them. And so I, I encourage anyone who's listening to check that out. And if anyone's listening right now, Johnny, if you could just offer some words of advice to them, if um, they're in a really difficult season in their life, they are struggling uh, maybe with trauma from their past or just the fact that the world is crazy around them. There's a lot going on in the world. What words of encouragement would you offer them? Yeah. One, again, going back to that normalization that I'm not glad that there's hurt in the world, but there is. And you're not alone. I think that's a major, major thing. Um, th- this is kind of off topic a little bit, but one thing in my practice I'm starting to focus on is, is women that have had miscarriages. And something that's common with women is they think, well, no, I don't know anybody else around me that's had a miscarriage, but that's not true. It's upwards of like 25% of women have had that, but they don't believe that. So remember that whatever you're going through, you're not the only one to do that and know that there is help available in some way, form or fashion, but you will not receive help if you keep it in. That is the only guaranteed way for you to not get help is to keep it in. So start with somebody you trust tell them kind of a little bit of what's going on see if they can help you find somebody don't suffer in silence just be brave know that god made you to be brave and and to trust somebody to help you those are some great words of advice johnny i thank you so much and would love for you to share with our listeners if they're in the oklahoma city area or texas where they can find you yeah so uh, truthandgracecounseling.com is my website. So I am licensed in Oklahoma and Texas. I offer in-person services for those that live nearby me. I'm, I'm in I'm in Southern Oklahoma, Duncan, Oklahoma, if anyone is uh, from that area. But if you have family members that are anywhere in Oklahoma or Texas, I do offer telehealth services as well. So you're welcome to, to find me there at truthandgracecounseling.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Johnny, for being on the show. I enjoyed having this conversation with you today. Absolutely. It was great being here. Awesome. Awesome. And I thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you were blessed by this episode. And if you were, you know what to do. Please leave a five-star review and share this with a friend so we can get this message out to the world. Also, if you're looking for a Christian counselor, we serve people all over the country. And so you can learn about our resources at faithonthejourney.org. Again, that's faithonthejourney.org. You can also find out about our trauma healing groups and trainings there as well. So that's it for this week, you all. Until next time, you stay encouraged and you keep your faith on the journey. I'll see you soon, family.